Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a new edition of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, Rockets Insider for SB Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, let me apologize. I know it's been such a long time since you heard my voice here on this podcast, but that's because, to be honest, with the pandemic, no basketball, trying to stay creative, got a little, let's say, challenging for podcasters. So, you know, I actually took a step back from this podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, I am back to talk about your favorite basketball team, the Houston Rockets. But ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this show before, I have I have a surprise for you guys. And this is another reason why I decided to take a step back. As you know, the Believe Podcast Network has a way to get former players on the podcast with the show host. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, I've been talking about this a lot, but I finally have my co-host, ex-Houston Rockets member, Mr. Joaquin Hawkins. Joaquin, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing, Cody? Man, it's a, it's a pleasure, obviously, to, to be with you on the podcast and and uh, obviously talking to our talking to our, our, our Houston Rocket fans. But uh, no, it's definitely a pleasure. And man, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, once again, you, you're going to be my co-host with this as well. And as I yes, mentioned sir. that you are a former member of the Houston Rockets. So can you just give the listeners a background knowledge of, you know, what year, what era you play with the Rockets and, um, you know, just your overall career in basketball in general? Yeah, yeah, not, not a problem. Uh, I, obviously, I played uh, with Houston Rockets 2002, 2003 was the season that I was there. Um, I actually had played in the CBA, ABA, IBL, and uh, finally got my, my my chance with the Houston Rockets. And obviously, that was a, a dream that came true, you know, playing for Rudy Tomjanovich. Playing yeah. for the, 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 the Hall of Famer. He is officially in Hall of Famer. Long overdue, long overdue. Absolutely. But, um, Hulk, I have to say... You you play with the Houston Rockets, you say 2002 to 2003, right? That means that you played in the the when they were still wearing the final year that they were still wearing those pinstripe jerseys. Pinstripes, absolutely. And Yao <laughs> Ming, one of the greatest centers and possibly my third favorite rocket of all time. We're going to talk about my second here in a little bit. But yeah. that means Yao Ming was a rookie. How was it playing with Yao Ming during his rookie season? Oh man, it was definitely again another dream that came true. Um, uh, before Yao came to the Rockets in the NBA, so I was already familiar with him, and so obviously for me to actually be on the team, you know, with the number one pick, you know, from China, uh, seven foot six. I mean, I, I, I was able to 
not only see him play and improve every day, but you know, learn from him. And uh, definitely was uh, one of the, the best experiences I had in playing with him, Steve Francis, Katina Mobley, um, my boy Moochie Norris, who I also played with in the CBA. Um, it was a dream that came true for me to to play with that team. Oh, man, you know, I got to ask you this. You know, everybody knows that Tracy McGrady is my favorite Houston Rocket. Not just my favorite Houston Rocket, but just my favorite player of all time, period. But my second favorite Houston Rocket is Steve Francis. I wasn't playing with him because that means you play with the the franchise at the height, at the prime of his career. Absolutely, man. I mean, to see this guy, obviously on TV beforehand, before I made the NBA, it it was remarkable to, to see his skill. Um, and his knowledge but to, to to be with him at practice and games and just being able to to absorb you know the experience he had as an athlete but just as a top layer uh athlete in the nba i mean i, I couldn't have ad, asked for a better rookie season and uh, definitely learned a lot from him um, as well as Catino. yes sir sounds good speaking of steve francis you know we're, we're going to talk about, you know, your career as a Rocket as a whole, you know, later yes. on down the road. But, of right. course, we, we we are here to talk about today's Houston Rockets. And, you know, I wanted to mention Steve Francis because he was one of the people that brought in, that ushered in a new era of explosive point, point right. guards. And right. today, the Houston Rockets have a guy who is possibly similar to Steve Francis, a guy by the name of Russell Westbrook. And that's where we're going to start today. We Right. Hulk, man, it is truly heartbreaking. At not just as a Houston Rockets analyst, but just as a fan, as a fan itself, mm-hmm. to to see every single year the Rockets have a good season, only yeah. to get to the playoffs and it's have tough. an injury, right? Derail what they can be. We right. went through it with Yal and T Mac. We, we we know what happened. You you might say we went through it with Dwight Howard as well, because I do believe right. if Howard was healthy, we could right. have won a championship with him. We went a little bit further. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. And then everyone knows possibly the biggest injury of them all, Chris Paul going down right when the Rockets went up 3-2 right. against the Golden State Warriors. Now, here we are again with possibly our second best chance to win a championship in the James Harden era. And right. Russell Westbrook goes down with a quad injury. Um, as of right now, they they are not saying that he's going to be out for the whole entire series, but soft right. tissue issue, soft tissue mm-hmm. injury in, in, in Hulk. You correct me if I'm wrong, but that yeah. is one of those injuries that you cannot rush back. And as an athlete itself, what is going through your mind when it's the playoffs, um, especially in the Russell Westbrook case, when you yeah. are going up against a franchise that you've known for the first what, 11 years of your career, knowing yeah. that you can't play and you can't help your current franchise win that championship? Uh, I mean, you said it, I mean, playing and it's probably just thinking that, you know, I want to be as healthy as I can uh, up until that that time for him actually to step on the court. So you best believe, even if he's hurt 75%, a 75% Westbrook is a, a whole lot better than some 50% uh, other uh, NBA players. So, you best believe that he's definitely going to be trying it out. Uh, he may wait one or two more games, but you, you best believe that he's going to try to get out there uh, to make it work. Uh, just his explosiveness. I mean, you know, there is no rest Westbrook if he's not ex- explosive. And so, and I'm sure that that's why he hasn't played the last couple of games uh, to, to make sure that uh, he's all, all means. And so um, it's just going to be interesting to see 
you know, how they can rally behind knowing that he's not maybe 100 percent and and getting the, those uh, those others, uh, as we say, um, you know, to the, the Austin Rivers um, and um, the Jeff Greens. I mean, to, to get, get them going uh, just enough so that, um, you know, together as a team, I mean, they can make it happen, man. I really I really feel that they can advance, but it's going to be a tough, definitely a tough series uh, playing against uh, OKC. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the others, and that's who I actually want to talk about because everyone knows, you know, losing Westbrook, let's just say for this first round of the series playing up against the Thunder, a pretty good Oklahoma City Thunder team, I might add, is going to be tough, and everyone knows that. But the thing that bugs me the most about Westbrook's injuries is the fact that when you say others, this is a team that is built around, well, was built around Russell Westbrook because it it was – his ability to attack the basket, it was his ability to rebound the basketball or however you want to look at it, that gave Mike D'Antoni, that gave um, Daryl Morey the, the, the confidence to say, you know what, we're going to trade Clint Capella and we're going to go all in on this small ball era. So right. you, you look at this micro ball that you built around basically, I hate to say, one guy in Russell Westbrook to give him as much freedom as possible. You take him out of this lineup I kind of feel like the the Rockets, they're going to be in a position where they're going to struggle a lot. And a lot of people may not have realized this. And I'm hoping that what I've saw in the bubble with Jeff Green, he he's he will be able to help James Harden. But right. I kind of felt like when the Rockets went small ball, that hindered James Harden's ability to dominate even more. Because when you had a guy in Clint Capella, it was always pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll with James Harden. And when you had Clint Capella on the floor and he ran off of that pick, it put the opposing team's defense in a a lose-lose situation because everyone knows if you play up on James, he could go right by you, score his and one layup. He can create the space, step back, shoot his three, or he could throw that lob. Without that lob threat on the court, that kind of hindered James Harden game just a tad bit. And prior to, and if you don't believe me, look back at those games prior to the league suspension due to COVID. It seems like James Harden was struggling trying to get adjusted into playing playing that small ball style of play. Now, you know, and I, and I talked about Jeff Green, you, it, it kind of seemed like, especially those last few games, that it seems like he was going to have his pick and roll buddy in Jeff Green. But right. it, I don't think it's not going to be the same. And having Russell Westbrook on the floor vindicated the Rockets' ability to go small ball. Like I say, you take him out, those others, they're going to be able to close close out on those shooters a lot more because right. you don't have nobody attacking the basket no yeah. more. And, and that's what bugs me, and I think that's where the Rockets might have made their biggest mistake. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want to use the word mistake. I think it's going to be their biggest challenge. Um, the fact that, um, again, they are more of a three-point shooting team anyway. And so, you know, with Austin Rivers, you know, being able to, to – um, obviously you got P.J., uh, but Ben uh, McLemore, um, Daniel House, I mean, th- these are players that they're going to have to step up even more so um, and uh, really, you know, become uh, the, 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 the second or third uh, scoring points for that team. Because, again, if Russell, again, maybe he's only 70%, 75%, you know, they're still going to need, you know, some other help because, you know, Harden's going to do what he's going to do. You know, he's going to get you 35. He's going to get you 40. 
Um, again, Jeff Green is going to be really key in just, you know, being picking his points, uh, scoring on the high pick and rolls. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a, a total team effort that's going to be needed. And again, where every game is going to have to be someone that don't just do enough. They're going to have to do a little bit more enough than to, to, to be able to advance and, uh, and, and win this, this series. In the last segment, Hawk, you mentioned that, you know, the Houston Rockets are a three-point shooting team. And, of course, everyone knows that. I mean, this is a team who missed 27 straight three-pointers. And I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but by the time you missed the 10th one, wouldn't you want to change up your approach? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the thing about being a professional athlete, and this is what makes them so great, is that, you know, they practice time and time again. And, um, you know, making shots is it's all about repetition when you're at practice. So, you know, they're, they're used to, you know, shooting um, hundreds and hundreds of shots uh, within an hour. And, uh, and maybe they might miss, you know, four or five in a row, but they're, they're really trying to make uh, the majority of their shots. So they were in a game, you know, you miss one, you miss two, you're still in your shooting mode. So that's just the mindset of, of an athlete, you know, especially as a shooter. Uh, I was more of a defender. Um, and as I, you know, became older in my career playing professionally, um, play, especially overseas, you you get used to of trying to be a a triple threat, you know, being able to pass, dribble, and uh, and be able to shoot. And so, you know, if you are missing five to six shots, it, it doesn't mean you stop shooting. It just means that you try to be more creative of getting to the basket. But you still, especially as shooters, shooters are taught to shoot. And even if you're missing four, five, six in a row, mm-hmm. yes, indeed. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about on this segment. You know, I, I want I want to get into takeaways from the bubbles and from the bubble. And one of the things that I took away from this is that the Rockets they are still going to live by the three and die by the three. <laughs> and uh, but right. me the the biggest takeaway that I took from this, with or without Westbrook, which I was really surprised by this that I might add, especially you talking about a team that's that that is coached by Mike D'Antoni, is their defense. And right. You know, my, my biggest takeaway was, you know, when they went small ball, and you guys can go listen to earlier shows and, and read earlier articles on SB Nation, my my biggest concern when they went small ball was, uh, was like, okay, they're in the Western Conference. At some point, you're going to have to go up against Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, um, Jokic out in Denver, um, even LaMarcus Aldridge in San Antonio, even though he's not going to be a part of this playoff route that the Rock is going to have to go through. Like the Western Conference always have some of the best big men in the league. Absolutely. And right. then you, you now and it's like the Rockets have a team where you put in a center. Uh, your center is a six five. Even though he's solid, a six-five, I guess you want to call him a, a small forward in 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 the game that you actually grew up in in right. in played in. Right. right. But now the Rockets have shown me that defense is their top priority, and it's right. not the defense that we became accustomed to seeing. It's this scrappy style of defense, and that scrappy style of defensive play. It's what I love seeing with the, uh, that the Houston Rockets had in the bubble, especially the way they were able to guard the big man. And Hawk, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a couple things because you did play in the era where the big right. men did you know battle down low, but I think the Rockets are able to go small ball and they are able to hold their own against, let's say, Anthony Davis and a um, Nikolai Jokic. 
they were able to to hold their own against guys like them because big men today they do not post up by the restricted area no more they always out on the perimeter trying to dribble trying to shoot threes and and that plays into the hands of the rockets and i noticed every time a guy like anthony davis especially in that in the game against the lakers and even um Giannis Antetokounmpo when when they beat the Bucks especially down the clutch every time a big man put the ball down on the floor you always seen two guys trapping them forcing a turnover and I love that yeah yeah game of basketball I mean you win by creating mismatches uh you win by being a little bit more uh, strategic of of how you're going to go about a game and I think what Rock, the Rockets have been able to do successfully as even though by playing this small ball, they realize they create mismatches where on offensively, uh, you know, the bigs from other teams, they can't guard their guards. Um, on defense, because, you know, again, P.J. Tucker, man, he, he's the heart and soul of this team. Um, if you're getting a, a, um, a, a mismatch with a big, he can guard a big. So, you know, they can almost uh, switch on defense one through four. The size does matter, but in this, like you said, in this day and age, a lot of big men are shooting threes anyway. So it kind of plays into the Rockets' hands. Um, the Rockets, it's not going to be easy. Um, it's not going to be pretty, but you know they're they're used to fighting. They they used to of grind it out, and so um, I think that if they can get a, a healthy team, um, if they can get um, you know their game plan together, playing small ball, creating mismatches, making threes but really playing, as you said, a tough-nosed defense, um, there's no telling how far they can go in the playoffs. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be an exciting playoff series, uh, but also to see how far they can they can make it. Do you think Houston would – and this just, is this just a fun question I'm, I'm throwing out there, but do you think the Rockets would have gotten – could get away with this in the era that you played in? Once again, your teammate was Yao Ming. You yeah. played and went up against Shaq. And, right. heck, even Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it, it would have been tough during uh, the era I played because, again, Shaq was the most dominant, obviously, figure probably still in basketball. And uh, to, to have Shaq, uh, to have Tim Duncan, um, those are real skilled big men. And so you would definitely need to have not only the size, but, you know, the, the skill to compete against them. And so the small ball probably would not have worked during my era. Uh, but I do remember a few times, especially um, I remember being on the court uh, myself with Steve Francis, uh, uh, James Posey, um, uh, Maurice Spillers. I mean, those guys, again, you can switch one through five uh, with those guys. And I remember we had a lot of success in doing that. Uh, but again, we couldn't do that every night uh, playing against uh, Utah Jazz and, you know, San Antonio Spurs. You, you couldn't do that. But uh, in, in my era, Probably not. It probably wouldn't work, but it, it works today just because, again, on offense, uh, the defense for the Rockets, they're able to scritch a switch one through five. So um, I, I think it's more beneficial for uh, this day and age. Yes, sir. You're right about that. And, you know, earlier you mentioned the others and I talked about Jeff Green and I do believe the addition of Green He's going to be the biggest X factor in if the Rock is going to be able to advance far into the playoffs. And he brings a certain dynamic to this team because his 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 style and ability, like I said, he he gave it's like he gave James Harden not that live live threat, but a solid pick and roll player that who can roll to the basket. We saw that a lot 
in their last game against the um, 76ers. Unfortunately, they lost, but, you know, Mike D'Antoni told us that he wanted to just play majority of his rotational players just to get them in that rhythm. And that third quarter was the biggest thing that I took away that they was able to find that rhythm. And the play and the comfortability that I saw with James Harden playing with Clint Capella in that pick-and-roll offense is what I ended up seeing again in that pick-and-roll offense with Green. And I think he's going to be the biggest X factor for this team moving forward. Another guy I want to talk about is Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore has played really well ever since he stepped foot in Houston. I had the opportunity to talk to him. And prior to the bubble, I I did a one-on-one interview with him. You guys can see that on SB Nation. And, uh, you know, he just told me that he just took this quarantine time just to get back into the rhythm of shooting he said he didn't want to lose his shooting touch and he and in all the work that he, he that he put in over this four month high hiatus you can see it paying off in this bubble and if Jeff Green is the most important x factor Ben McLemore to me is the second most important most important x factor yeah I, I agree too man I mean he's he's only 6'3 195 but I mean he, he can shoot he can play defense and he's just tough um, there is no backing down with him. And uh, again, he, he'll surprise you. He'll come up and, you know, knock down a three. But he's also, he's able to to create for himself and get to the basket. Um, it's just a good fit for the Rockets because, again, them playing small ball, you want to have a versatile uh, guard, but you also want to have players like a Jeff Green that can can step out at times to shoot a three or get into the, the side pick and roll uh, with James Harden. So, again, it, it, it's not uh, – traditional uh, of the type of roster that they do have. Uh, but with those type of players, I mean, they, it, they're making it work. Obviously, there's a, there's a reason why, you know, they, um, you know, they finished with the fifth, first in the conference. First in the, yo, yeah. first in the um, Southwest Division, fourth yeah. in the Western Conference as a there, total. There you go. There you go. And um, again, they play really well against co- competitive teams. Obviously, they gave the Rockets, I mean, uh, the Lakers a run for their money. Um, you know, beat them um, in, in the bubble. And again, this team is capable, you know, but they, they have to go in uh, knowing, you know, what they are uh, needing to do. And that's to, again, make threes, uh, play solid defense and uh, and just get after it and make make teams uncomfortable of what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted to go back to the three point shooting um real quick before moving forward i am a little bit concerned because one of the biggest another big takeaway i I learned from the rockets doing these eight games in the bubble is the fact that not only are they still live by the three die by the three but they are still streaky you go back and you take a look at those first five games the rockets were four and one and they were hitting all over the court their offense looked astonishing those last four games it didn't (laughs) you know and uh, well, those last those last three games they didn't, and of course, um, I know a big part of that went into the injuries that the Rockets had. Um, having you know Russell Westbrook in and out of the lineup, Daniel House, um, he's been dealing with a minor toe injury. Now, my dad Tony said it wasn't nothing to be concerned about. He just kept him out the last three games, um, just you know, just for precautionary reasons. Um, but right. you have to take. And you have to look at that. You have to take everything into consideration. And, you know, I, I still wish the Rockets would just change up their offense just a tad bit um, mm-hmm. because I I hate to say it, I'm just not too sure that this team can get it done 
being this streaky of a three-point shooting team? They're predictable. I mean, let's, let's be honest. They're predictable. You know, again, they're not a big team. Uh, they're efficient at what they do when it, you know, obviously it does work. Uh, but, you know, again, they're, they're definitely predictable. And so, you know, the game plan going into the Rockets, you know, obviously I'm not an NBA coach, but, you know, the <laughs> first thing, uh, James and Westbrook, you know, they're going to get a lot of shot attempts up. All right. So just make sure that we clog the middle. Uh, but it's also let's, let's close up, close out into the shooters and, and make them shoot tough shots. And um, as you said, you live by the, live by the three, die by the three. If they're not making three point shots, it is tough for them to, to beat anyone. Um, so it's even more important uh, to, to close out on those shooters so that, you know, it make it tough, tougher for them to make shots. Um, in the future, you know, maybe they may change it up. Maybe they might bring in a, a, a tradi- traditional big. But, you know, right now, obviously, they're in the bubble. They're in the, about to start the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to, you know, lock in into their game plan. Um, and their game plan is, again, make, sh- make threes, make shots, um, and defend. And, um, you know, they've had some sex with success for that already for this season. And uh, they're trying to have hopefully have some more success uh, doing the uh, the playoffs. And it's going to be tough. It is definitely going to be tough because there are a lot of other teams in the West, uh, obviously the, the Lakers and uh, the Jazz. And so they, they got other uh, teams they're going to be playing against that do have your traditional big. But I think, again, all they can do is control their own de- destiny by focusing on um, what they do well. What if I told you that back last July, <laughs> the Rockets traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, that a year from now that we will be seeing them in the first round of a playoffs inside of a bubble due to a pandemic? What would you say about that, Hall? <laughs> I would say you're crazy, man. It is no way that that would happen in 100 million years. But, <laughs> hey, it happened. This is our reality and uh, the fact that they are actually in the playoffs, you know, um, and, and, and looking at what they didn't do last year, um, you know, is definitely a, a blessing in disguise. Um, it's, again, it's mm-hmm. not traditional of how they got there, but at the end of the day, they're there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, you know, you mentioned you would say maybe out of one out of a million years. Yeah. 2020 is that one millionth of yeah. a year. But, um, you know. Moving forward, the Houston Rockets will be taking on the Oklahoma City Thunders in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs on Tuesday. And this is going to be a really competitive series, a series that has a whole bunch of storylines, by the way. But of course, the biggest storyline is going to be Chris Paul versus his old team. We all knew about the so-called drama between him and James Harden um, that possibly could have played a factor in his departure in Houston. Um, but the Oklahoma City Thunders, they are just as scrappy as the Houston Rockets. I mean, this is a team who had a, what, 2% chance of making the playoffs at the beginning of the year. And here they are, fifth in the Western Conference. Um, it's going to be it's going to be really, really challenging. Um, so, Hawk, I'm going to start with you first. What do you think we're going to see out this series? Uh, I'm still going to go with my Rockets, man. Rockets in seven. Um, I, I think, again, it's going to be a tough challenge for them not having um, Russell, you know, 100%. I mean, that's that's the key. Um, if, if he can play and, and be effective every single game, uh, they will be able to advance. But, you know, if he can't play, he plays sparingly. Again, those others, they're going to have to come and to, to kind of save the day. Uh, again, I, I don't expect James to, to do anything less than what he's been doing. Um, you know, the uh, OKC, OKC, hey, you know, Chris Paul is, is one of the, 
the best point guard. You have to give it to him. He's one of the best point point guards in uh, in, in league history. You know, they have a really good coach. Um, obviously, for them to get to the the playoffs with uh with Chris his first year. So, um, and their roster. I mean, they they match up well against the Rockets. Um, you know, and having um, you know, the inside play that the Rockets don't have. You know, they have an advantage. Um, it's just the the, the to see if they can take advantage of that advantage in um, that time of of making sure the inside uh, guys are not getting easy buckets, uh, but really forcing their bigs outside of the three and, uh, you know, for them to create fouls to try to get those bigs out. I think if they do that, uh, the Rockets will be fine. But, you know, again, having a healthy Westbrook uh, is the key for them to move forward in, in this series. Yeah, Hawk, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, the only thing that concerns me is the fact that uh, Thunder did have our number in the regular season. We squared off against them three times. They beat us 2-1, but that was before we went all out on this small ball. So um, mm. I'm going to go with the Rockets. I have the Houston Rockets in seventh in seven as well. Um, I think this is going to be a very competitive series. Um Chris Paul, I know he's going to be seeking revengeance in this series, <laughs> but and and that's part of the reason why I feel like the Thunders are going to get this into a game seven. Game seven, the greatest players always step up when you need them the most at those times. And Indeed. with or without a Russell Westbrook, the Thunder do not have anybody that's going to be able to contain a James Harden in a game seven series. And I know he has disappeared a lot in the playoffs, but I don't like to say that he disappeared. I kind of say that he ran out of gas because his usage rating has been out of this world since he became a member of the Houston Rockets. You gave this man, what, a three and a half, four month break. He looks rested. He looks ready to go. And the James Harden that I see not only on, on, not only on TV and the games, but the James Harden that I see in the press conference when we were speaking to him, he's just looked mentally focused. And I think it's going to take a lot to keep him from getting that championship in Orlando. So I got the Houston Rockets in seven games. Like you say, Hawk, it's not going to be easy, but I do feel, I do feel like James Harden is going to be able to get it done. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's, it's, it's again, consistency, uh, every single play down, you know, playing, like, you know, every position um, possession does count. Um, you know, the Rockets just have to be totally and, and mentally focused. And, um, you know, in the play, the playoffs, you know, it says a lot about, you know, not only of the NBA and uh, the, the competition, but, you know, it really shows how great these players are. You know, they've already playing at the highest level throughout the season. You get to the postseason and you're, you're able to see, you know, how much um, more elite they are um, as athletes. So, um, you know, I, I, I love my Rockets. I'm always going to love my Rockets and uh, small ball or not. Um, I, I really want them to to do well. And, I, and I'm sure they will. That concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, you got to get used to doing this, man. Every, I do, every, man. At the, at the end of every episode, you're going to have to tell the listeners where they can find you at on social media. So do you have a Twitter, Instagram yes. or something? Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at Coach Hawk. 247 um on ig again that's coach hawk at 247 um on ig you can follow me on facebook uh joaquin hawkins i have two facebook pages one that has uh joaquin hawkins um and it has my uh youth basketball program which is hawk hoops uh you can find me there 
Um, and uh, again, you know, I'm looking forward to to speak with everyone every, you know, as much as we can here on the podcast. Uh, looking to see our, our our Rockets move forward in the playoffs, and uh, looking forward to speak with you a lot more, uh, Cody. Uh, <laughs> this this has been fun to me. I, I'm a, as I said a little bit earlier, I'm a rookie all over again, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, once again, this is Cody Davis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. Yes, that's right, Hawk. Kobe yes, Bryant sir. is my GOAT. I'm yes, sorry. Sir. You don't agree? Oh, well, Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I uh, had a chance to uh, play with Kobe and, and Shaq uh, when I tried with the Lakers. Uh, when Kobe, his first year um, in the league and Shaq, I was on that Lakers team in, in preseason vet camp. So I've always been a fan of his. And when I did make the league, you know, I had some good times guarding him. And so I, I agree, man. He's he's definitely one of the, the greatest of, of all time. Yes, sir. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.